Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of Three Point Podcast. Three guys, three generations, three different takes. I'm Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and play-by-play voice of Z92.5 The Castle. On the phone is Matt Burns of ESPN, and joining me here in the studio, Jared Fatel of Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our sponsors tonight include the Corona Public Schools, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and our podcast recording home, Z92.5 The Castle. We'll also be checking in a little later on with our oldest athletic supporter, Jack Strap. And tonight, we'll recap our last week, talk some football, and get into whatever we feel like talking about. We really appreciate the support and comments we've been getting. And we want you to keep helping us grow. And uh, by doing that, subscribe on Apple Podcast, iTunes, and rate us and comment on our page. You can also follow us on SoundCloud or TuneIn, whichever site you use to listen to. We really do appreciate it. Well, boys, like we like to do at this point is kind of recap the week that was, things going on with us, anything interesting, anything new going on. Let's start with you, Jared. Well, uh, as we know, this is my last week here in the studio before I go back to college and as I was talking to you before the show, I'm a little bit, it's starting to rattle me a little bit that I'm leaving. I don't know. I feel like something hit me today where I've just been in a funk like all day, just kind of thinking about it. And I, you know, I'm excited. I'm nervous. A little bit of everything. And just, you were a little shook when you walked it's in the all studio. Kinda, well, that was just, that was sort of, you know, work related and okay. just other stuff, a lot of stuff coming together and, you know, just <laughs> kind of the last day of work, you know, how that can be just kind of oh, yeah. a sad day, I guess. But, and just everything, you know, kind of coming together and. I'm just ready to kind of be there, I the, guess. The next phase what, of your life. What are you Are you nervous about? Have you ever lived away from home? Are you nervous for moving? Or, or what are you kind of uh, a little nervous about? Um, I have never lived away, away from home, so there, there's that. That's out there now. He's the baby <laughs> of the family, so Mama's t- taking care of him. I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm kind of overstating it a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm, it's just I'm kind of ready to. Anxious, is that yeah, a better word? Just kind of ready to get into a rhythm, you know. Kind of experience it, you know, kind of know what it's going to be like, I guess. Just kind of don't really know what to expect entirely. Now, do you have any any uh, corona people there at least that, you know, you can get S- with? Sort of. Yeah. But not really. Not a whole lot. Okay. I, I mean, there's people I know, but I wouldn't say I have any great friends there, if gotcha. that makes sense. So, so are, you, are you going in blind wherever you're living, yeah. or yep. what's your living situation? Yeah, going in blind. So not really any word yet. Uh, so literally entirely blind. I'm meeting these guys. I don't know who they are. Like, nothing about them. I'm meeting them as I show up there on Monday. So I mean, I'll be honest. I think we may have talked about this on a previous podcast before, like a long time ago. But I went in blind when I went over to Grand Valley with, with three guys. It's probably a similar situation. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I mean, one of them still one of my good friends. He was in my wedding party. And the other two, we still text, I mean, it, every few days or at least once a week. So so my situation, my, my experience with going in blind and, and like what you're about to do was was good, and I mean I made some really good friends. But you know you just got to embrace it, man. You're, you're going to meet a ton of new people. You're going to get a lot of new experiences, and and mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a great time. That you, I know it is different moving away from home. It was the same for me moving away from Corona, but it, it's going to be good. It, it's an it's exciting time. I appreciate that. Uh, I kind of feel like a baby. Uh, just think, a literal term like a ba- like literally a baby. 
you know, like an actual baby and also kind of like a crybaby, like someone that's, you know, kind of crying. Well, I think what you're going through is really natural. And it, it is a time where, you know, you're moving up. You're you're fortunate that you've had kind of the, the segue year, if you will, you mm-hmm. know, where you're, you're getting older, you're getting experience with the workforce out there. But still, I can understand being anxious. And, I, and like Matt said, it's not all bad going in blind because you might make some of the best friends the rest of your life. You never know. Or it could, very, thing is too, uh, or it could be assholes, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that far away from home, you know, an hour and a half or so. So, I mean, if you have to come home on the weekends or whatever, you know, it's not that far. But but I would say this. If you want to, like, fully experience, get, get the college experience, uh, try not to come home every single weekend. Right. Then, uh, yeah. then that, it'll, it'll be like you didn't actually move. You're going that home every shouldn't weekend, be a problem. But that, that's, that's just my opinion. Well, one thing, you got Friday night internships duties, right? Yes, 100%. So... So oh, that'll be awesome. Should yeah, be good to go. Covering high school football for Fox 17, that's going to be a blast. As much as you like football and everything like that, being on the sidelines, it's a ton of fun, and the environment is cool. It's fast-paced. You know, it keeps your energy going. It's that, That'll definitely be an awesome experience for you. Now, I know, Matt, Matt, you had some lake time or some didn't, – didn't you, didn't you have some water time this last week? Uh, ocean time. Ocean yeah, time. Yeah, we went down to uh, Carolina Beach and Curry Beach. It's – on the Atlantic Ocean here in North Carolina. Uh, it was my wife and I's one-year anniversary, so we went down there and stayed down there for the weekend and hung out on the, on the beach for a couple days and had some good food and stuff like that. And just, uh, you know, one of the last last few weekends of the summer before football gets going and, and work gets crazy. So, so, yeah, we just wanted to go down and hang out on the beach. Well, good it, look, time. it looked outstanding from some of the pictures I saw. And, I mean, you, mm-hmm. the weather was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I mean, down here, it, it's still, really, summer down here goes, like, through September, really, even almost through October, but with, with work, it gets crazy, but, but, yeah, the weather, it was, I mean, it was upper 80s, and the humidity has started to go away and everything, and it's the ocean, so the water's nice and warm, and, and yeah, it, it was, it really was pretty awesome. We, it's always one of those things, like, when, when we leave these beach towns, we, we start, like, looking at the real estate and seeing if we should move to those yeah. towns. Would you would you guys consider guy yourselves beach guys or lake guys? Which one would you? Which you, one's better? You mean ocean or lake? Would yes, you, yeah, ocean or lake. Well, since we're I, we're, you know, we're so far away from the ocean, uh, I really do like the lakes here in Michigan. But my experience out mostly on the Atlantic Ocean, I've found it to be. Uh, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's awesome. Uh, I did some lake or some ocean time rather in Delaware, and uh, it's amazing how warm the Atlantic Ocean is this time of year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it was Lake Michigan. You know, sometimes it gets a little warm, but warm for Lake Michigan is like low seventies. I think uh, the Atlantic Ocean when we were there it was like low eighties. So I mean, it almost felt like a pool. Um, but it, it's really a different atmosphere because the the water, the waves, and the tide and everything. It's just so much different because when we got, it was crazy when we got there uh, Saturday for our towels and everything right close to the water because my daughter likes to play in the water mm-hmm. and after two or three hours because of the tide going out the beach had been extended like honestly probably 25 30 feet so it like that whole experience is crazy and then the water comes back and uh, you know people are out there surfing people are out there like you know doing the windsurfing and all that kind of stuff and it is definitely different i honestly I, the ocean is cool and i can appreciate it for what it is but i, I am definitely biased to the great lakes i, I think i'll always be a, a great lakes guy yeah the one thing about lakes too is there ain't no sharks in the, in the lakes and my experience with oceans is 
Like, it's kind of cold on the beach. Maybe that's just me because of the breeze coming off. I always feel <laughs> I only go there during, like, spring break, so maybe it's not quite summer like Matt's like Matt just experienced. Right. But I always feel like it's just, like, kind of freezing, like, on the, on the coast. I think you get that probably in Michigan, too, sometimes. <laughs> if you're sitting on the beach and mm-hmm. you're getting that breeze off the lake. But I know what you're saying, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, changing the topic a little bit, uh, you know, today I had quite an experience. Jared, you, you lived it a little bit traffic getting here from the Lansing area yes. was just brutal with, you know, the fifth season in Michigan, construction season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this whole week's been a nightmare on 69. Well, I decided today to take the back way home. I took uh, old US 27 over to Round Lake Road and went through uh, Langsburg. And uh, so I got through the city of Langsburg and was heading on, uh, I forget what road it was, but heading south towards uh M21, and I was still in the city limits of Langsburg, and I was a little heavy on the pedal, and it was a 25 mile, mile an hour, 35 mile an hour speed limit. Okay. Well, there was a cop sitting right there in the cemetery, and I saw him, but it was too late. I looked down. I thought I was going about 47. I immediately knew I was pulled over. He came right behind me, pulled me over, and this is a lesson for all those people out there. That have been, you know, you see on the news every night, they're shooting cops, cops are shooting them. You know, when you get pulled over by the policeman, it's always to your best benefit to be polite. Give them a little personality, which I did. I said, oh, man, I pulled right over and I admitted. I said, man, I know I was going too fast. And I got to send a shout out to the Langsburg Police Department because they let me go. They brought me back my stuff and said, you got a clean record, just slow it down. So my day was okay right there. How about that? And well, I w- that, that would have been the second time you've gotten ticketed on your way to the studio this year. Yeah, don't remind me. Don't I remind say, me. I feel like you told a similar story on a, on a previous podcast. So yeah. It seems like it might be a little bit of a trend. Sounds well, like this cop didn't do his job. <laughs> oh, no, lay off the cops. They were really good guys. <laughs> I get that, but I, I you didn't that learn that your I lesson. I definitely 100% agree with you on that. Maybe I don't want to admit it too much, but I have been pulled over a decent amount of times, and honestly, I've only gotten one, one or two tickets because because of that. You know, you just be polite and and cooperate and give them, you know, do what they ask and everything. And most of the time, things are going to go in your favor as long as you're not speeding too much, I guess. But but yeah, I, I always that's what I always say: just be polite. Yeah, you know, and we've said it before on this podcast. Also, don't be an asshole. You know, I was nice to him, and and I explained my situation. I said, man, yeah, I was going a little fast. I was frustrated with the traffic on 69. There's all kinds of construction. I told the truth, you know, and uh, they always say, tell the truth. It paid off this time. The last time, the last story you heard me tell here didn't pay off so well. I did get a ticket that time, so I I learned a lesson. There you go. I don't know if you did that. Oh yeah, no, I haven't. Oh, you haven't. No, I never. I've never been ticketed. He just hits other cars. So what? So your lesson, you you didn't learn not to speed and not to endanger other drivers and not to endanger yourself. What you learned was to be nice to the cop. That was one of my lessons. I I did learn. I probably should slow it down when I'm in the city limits somewhere. (laughs) It was just one of those deals. I wasn't paying much attention, listening to the radio. You know, just cruising along. And I'll be honest with you guys, I tend to have a little heavy lead foot. You know, I, I admit that. Okay. The wheel man. Sometimes. I know uh, high school football is around the corner, and we're probably going to talk about our, our prep preview show that we have coming up. But, but one thing that did come in handy uh, growing up and playing football in a small town like Corona, my senior year hmm. when our team was doing really well, I actually got pulled over twice during the season, just and both times were on Friday nights after games, you know, and I'm all hyped up and feeling good and all that kind of stuff. And I knew the cop both times, and, and we talked about the football game for like 10, 15 minutes, and they just let me go. 
So <laughs> nice. That, in that cool. situation, it worked out pretty good to, to be on a, a, the football team in a small town. Well, of course, we all played at Corona, and just want to tell our listeners, uh, don't forget you can join Corona Public Schools. They have a winning team. Find out why nearly 40% of their students make Corona their school of choice, whether young or old. It's great to be gold. Well, guys, let's move on to, uh, to to some sports now. And the big story last weekend was the PGA. Let's start right there. Tiger Woods, right? He's back. That's what everyone's saying, right? He is. And let me just tell you, this tells you how much of Tiger just – we all heard the ratings and how they went up. I heard one number was 69%, LOL, and I heard another one that was 73%. So I guess it's kind of – we'll just call it 70%. They went up 70%. Yep. And – so this is what happened. So Saturday night, uh, there was a bit of a pool party, okay, that I went to. Oh, I heard a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, woke up Sunday morning, did not feel good. <laughs> wow. That's the worst I've ever felt <laughs> in my life. Too much swimming, huh? Yeah, a little too much swimming. <laughs> I, I was drowning a bit. So literally, it, time goes on. It's 4 p.m. I'm still in bed. <laughs> and then I get on, I check Twitter. And I see that Tiger is cooking. He's charging. He's He's charging. charging. Perfect cure to a uh, wink uh, sickness. Perfect cure. I I immediately snapped out of it right to the couch. I was up and I was at him. And I was loving every second of it. Other than when he... I hate it. I felt myself just getting pissed. He kept pulling out his driver. Mm. And this is like... I started watching right when he pulled out his driver, like a whole seven, I think. He ended up shooting like three under on the front nine, even though he didn't hit any fairways. Right. But he just he cannot hit that damn thing. And I was just slamming like I slammed the remote on the on my couch. He's stubborn. Like, Stop hitting your driver. He, he but is. anyway, he figured it out in the second half. How would you guys think of the PGA? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it was incredible. Uh, you know, got to give a lot of credit to Kepka. I mean, what he's won two majors now. Yeah. This year, but uh, you said it right at the beginning, Jared. Tiger's back, and and. It doesn't matter what anybody says out there. When Tiger's in contention, people's eyes are on the screen. He is that much of a difference maker. And also, when you think about it, these young guys, these studs that are out there that are at the top of their game right now, who do you think they watched and got fired up about the game of golf? It was Tiger Woods. What is he now, 43? Yeah, that sounds right. And these young bucks are what, 21, 22, 23? Yeah. So, I mean, they saw Tiger in his prime, and you remember what that was. Well, you might not remember what that's like, Jared, but Tiger in his prime when he first came on the scene and won the Masters, uh, Tiger Mania was incredible. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, it was it was the peak of golf, I think, at least this generation. I mean, especially with obviously TV, ESPN, all that being a lot different than it was back in Jack Nicklaus's day and all those guys. So, so I mean, it, it was must-watch TV when when Tiger was really rolling. But I think that's the thing. I mean, t- he brings the casual fan back into it. I mean, people who really love golf will watch every weekend or whatever. But when people hear that Tiger's rolling, like they're checking Twitter and stuff like that, like you were, Jared, they're going to flip it on and see if he can finish it off, especially now that he's in this comeback tour, you know, trying to trying to get another major. But it was fun to watch, for sure. You know, uh, since I am the elder statesman here, one thing I really do find appealing in today's generation is the fact that you can just look at your phone and Twitter and know when to turn on a big yeah, event. What, Isn't that awesome? And Twitter was just on fire during this. Right. They were loving it. And oh, I don't know if you guys follow. I, I retweeted a couple things, but there's a, a Twitter handle. It, it's from the golf, the golf Channel, but it's the Tiger Tracker. 
and it's literally a, a Twitter handle. It's legit. It's it's the golf. It's one of the golf channels handles, but. Uh, they literally just follow every single thing that Tiger does. <laughs> so I was just literally sitting there, like, refreshing that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Last week when we were recording the podcast, kind of a funny backstory of what what could have been a bad take by me. Right. So right when we were done recording, like, or right when I was about, like, we were about to close, I was going to say, like, no point in watching the PGA. Like, Tiger, he's two up after th- – or he's three up after two holes. I didn't say it. That's just because I know better, you know. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was going to come back. That's why I didn't say that. I thought it. Never said it. Is there so any, it's not out there. Here's an interesting stat, too. I'm just throwing this out there. It just popped into my mind after hearing it. I didn't realize that Tiger has never won a major trailing heading into the final round. I think I've heard that before. And, I mean, I guess when you think about those days we were talking about, the early 2000s when he was really rolling, it seems like he was just leading the whole weekend. Yeah. So maybe it just it never came to that situation where he was trailing going into Sunday. Well, it not only seems crazy to think about that. Not only seems like he was leading, he was obviously, right? right. Yeah. He's so good. He's tr- so captivating. It is. And it's awesome too because like they, you talk about it and he's he's playing really well. Like this isn't lucky. Like I there's some guys that I work with who are huge huge into golf and know just a couple that used to work at the Golf Channel and so they they know a ton about golf. And sometimes I'll get talking to him, and I, I, I'm a casual fan. I, I know golf pretty well and some of the players. But, um, you know, I asked him, like, do you think Tiger's ever going to win a major again? And a couple of them, they're, like, adamant, saying that they don't think he's ever going to win a major again. And I'm just like, you know, obviously health is the biggest issue with Tiger. He can, he can clearly still play. He's got to stay healthy through a whole weekend. I'm like, you don't think one weekend he can just catch fire and be playing really well and, and win a major and i thought i thought this past weekend was going to be it yeah i i think he can win a major uh i think he probably will win a major i don't think he's going to win many more than one because if you think about it remember what a big story well, it was a big story when jack nicholas won the masters at 45 and i think he was the oldest guy 45 or 47 whatever he was mm-hmm. and tiger's already 43 but i think if he is going to win a master or win a major i think it's going to be the masters cuz it's the same course nothing really changes other than the pin placement so i expect him to make a charge at the masters in the next couple of years what do you what do you guys think what's his best opportunity I to th- win a major it's just what bums me out uh i don't think it'd be masters it's got a well, I'll, but then again, I, we've seen it where at Carnoustie where the course was, you know, rock solid. Right. And he played really well there. And then we saw it uh, this past weekend at Bell, Bell Reeve where it was the course was just super soft. So he can play in any condition. I feel like it's kind of just depends on where the courses are. And where the major—I mean, where the majors are, what course? And I and at. I think the U.S. Open next year is at Pebble Beach, which I think he's always done very, very well yeah. there. I think that's a big thing, like you're talking about, courses that he's familiar with and definitely courses that are forgiving because like, it does, does seem like his driver is not helping him out very much. So maybe maybe some courses that he can he can play a little more freely and, and not have to be hitting the, the fairways every time. But mm-hmm. you were talking about Brooks Kepka and I don't know if you guys saw that he's won the – you said you know he's won the two majors this year, the U.S. Open and, and now the PGA, and he's won it, – it's a little over $4 million between just those two – uh, tournaments. It's crazy, though. I saw that that money that he's won in just those two majors is more than Gary Player and Arnold Palmer made in their whole careers combined. Wow. It, it's just crazy to me the, the money that these players can make. I mean, obviously he's winning these majors, so you make more. But even like Tiger Woods made $1.8 million, uh this past weekend. Not, not a bad four days' work oh. there. But now, Matt, is that with inflation? That's my nerd voice. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure inflation does come into play. I, I guess I haven't seen, like, the adjusted numbers. Um, so it would be interesting to see that. But just talking strictly numbers, I mean, uh, just looking at the dollar amounts that has changed what you make, what you used to make from winning a Masters and what you make now or the U.S. Open or whatever is, is just crazy. Well, not only if, I mean, if you're a successful golfer and you take home those paychecks every weekend, if you're a, towards the top of the leaderboard or winning, also on top of that, the endorsement money, just think how much of that they make. Oh, yeah, that's insane because, I mean, I, I looked it up earlier. Tiger Woods, just career earnings for, for golf. Um, he's. I, I was going to say only. It's it's ridiculous, but he's he's made like 113 million dollars just in uh, career for golf. But he's made over a billion dollars when you factor in all of his uh, endorsements and everything like that. So so really, it's all about the endorsements to these guys. Wow. It, so it does certainly seem like he would have made more money off of golf, though. I will say that. Yeah, I know that. That's why I was going to say only because when I saw that number, I was like, oh, that's it. And then it's like, wait, that's 113 million dollars. Yeah, but then if you look at contracts in the NBA or Major League Baseball, that that isn't that much when you think about it. Yeah, and that that kind of brings up something I was going to ask you guys and, and see what your thoughts were. I, I love having like these are kind of fun talks to have or debates to have with people. Uh, you know, if you if you could be if you could like right now pick one sport to be in your prime and the best at that sport. You know, factoring in everything, travel, the fandom, the money. You know, longevity, everything. What what sport do you think you would choose? So you're saying at the top of your game. So you're the top. Like, let's just say, for example, if golf. You're the top golfer. Is that what yep, you're, you're saying? Number one in the world. I mean, you're better than Jordan Spieth. You're better than Justin Thomas, D- uh, Dustin Johnson. Gotcha. All these guys. You're number one. If you if you pick soccer, you're better than Ronaldo and Messi. You know, if you pick basketball, you're better than Curry and LeBron. Hmm. I think it's. I think it's just it's between NBA and golf for me. Uh, I would probably say golf just because I, I could eat whatever I wanted, you know, kind of live whatever, however I wanted to really outside of the actual, like, golf playing. It wouldn't, like, affect my golf game, like, right away. You know what I mean? Where I feel like with the NBA, you eat a couple bad meals and <laughs> yeah. you, you put on 10 pounds and you're, you're it's like, it's it, going to really hurt it, you. It'd be hard not to pick golf, but my own personal view is, and I always, it, this goes back to even when I was just a little kid, if I could be at the very top of my game at that sport – I would I would probably lean to baseball myself. Yeah, there's some travel involved, but just the game of baseball. You travel to cities half the season, but you're staying for, you know, three four days at a time. But if you the money they're paying major leaguers, what ten year contracts for like uh, three hundred million? Yeah, that's not a bad living and not a bad way to go. Plus, you got a pretty good off season too. Yeah, I, I definitely baseball is always one that I've considered because of all that. I, I do think the traveling would be cool, obviously, the money. And, and you could play baseball for a long time and, and still be at the top of your game. The thing with baseball, though, I think, is I feel like the grind of a 162-game season and being away from home and stuff like that all the time, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that would start to drain on me a little bit. Um, so that's what takes baseball back a little little for me. I really I think it would, it would be golf to me. And a close second would be soccer because I think about the money that these guys make in the leagues overseas and just – the ridiculous stardom, the fandom that they have, being at the top of the game. You think about guys like Ronaldo and Neymar and, and stuff like that. They make a ton of money. The endorsements are basically lifetime contracts. And, I mean, they're just they're celebrities wherever they go. What's so, the... Soccer's a close second. But golf, because, because of what we said, you can win a couple tournaments a year and be maybe top 10, top 20, and you're making a few hundred grand per tournament just to be top 10, top, top 20. Not to mention if you're the best in the league. So, 
man, it, it'd be tough not to be a, a pro golfer. Yeah, well, boy, it's something we don't have to worry about, but it's something that we could dream about, well, huh? Let, let me ask you guys this. Just, uh, so if you were a baseball player, would you want to be a pitcher who gets, you know, one, just plays once a week and gets a day off, you know, the next day? Or would you want to be a first baseman that plays every night? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Jared. I, I never thought of it that way. I've always been a position player, but uh, – to be honest with you, the starting pitcher would be the way to go. I mean, they make the big coin and they go every four days, and they've got they got a lot of chill time. So I'd probably a major league pitcher if I was in baseball. That's a good good call. I've thought about that too, and yeah, like the thing with pitcher, right? You're pitching every five days, and I don't know, maybe you have a little more downtime. The one thing I've thought about with the pitcher is like I feel like your leash is a little shorter. Like you can have. If you're a position player, you can bat 300, which is you're failing seven out of ten times, and you're still going to be an all-star. Whereas with like starting pitchers, like if you're if that's your success rate as a starting pitcher, you're not going to be around the league very long. So I thought about that. I mean, yeah, it'd be it'd be nice maybe to be a closer too, because there's going to be a lot of games you don't even have to pitch. But same with that, like if you if you fail as a closer, you're you're not going to have a job very long. See, but I thought the it was you you were going at the top of the craft. You know what I mean? Right. I thought that was what the hypothetical was. Yeah, that, the hypothetical is you go in at the top, but you factor in like longevity of your career and everything. So that that's where the golf thing comes into me. If you go in at the top, and you know as long as health is good and everything, you can golf for the next 40, 50 years of your life. Yeah, you know I, I went with my heart on baseball. There's no doubt about it. If I really was looking at it for the coin and longevity, it's hard to argue golf. It really is. Yeah. And you can take a break really whenever you want. You right. I mean? That's also something you, you can have off-season whenever it's, you want. It's not like the old days where the professional golfers on the PGA Tour golfed every single weekend in the in the event. Mm-hmm. They don't do that nowadays because of the money. They'll they'll pick and choose. You know, Tiger will pick and choose. How many how many events does he golf in a season? Yeah, he's healthy now, but uh, what's he golf about half the events maybe? Yeah. Probably. I think he, he's doing like three in a row right now, yep. and that's the first time in a long time he's done that. Well, it's certainly good It'd to cool see. cool, too, to be able to just pick and choose when you play. No doubt, and it's good to see him back healthy right now. Let's hope it stays that way. We'll talk a little football here in a second, but I want to remind our listeners they should be stopping in to Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's the spot to meet up with your friends, catch your favorite sporting events, and just chill out. Great food specials, drink specials. Awesome burgers. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill located on the corner of Shiawassee at M21 in Corona. And they got a big event coming up, too. It's a special uh, beer fest coming up, and I'll get you more details on that on our next podcast. But right now, guys, let's talk a little uh, football. Let's, let's keep it in the Big Ten. A lot of, lot of nasty stuff going on with the Urban Myers thing at Ohio State and now what's hap- happened at uh, Maryland. What are you guys' thoughts on that? It's one of those things, like, if it, this is kind of like a, a, on a serious note. Obviously, it's a serious topic, but it, it really made me start to think about some things. I saw Jabril Peppers was on the Rich Eisen mm-hmm. show a couple days ago, and Rich Eisen asked him about the D.J. Durkin situation at Maryland. And Jabril, he basically said that when – so D.J. Durkin was a defensive coordinator the first year Jim Harbaugh was a coach at Michigan, and so Peppers was there playing with him. And he said – Jabril said that Durkin was the same way at Michigan. He was almost like he had that bully mentality. He was really hard on the guys. He would almost degrade guys when they weren't doing well in practice. And he said that himself and other players, they just talked about it as like they thought this was Durkin's first – 
big job as a defensive coordinator, so maybe he was trying to set a tone. He was trying to get guys to play, you know, buy into his system and stuff like that. So they thought maybe this is just how he was going to be. And then once he got, got into, into it a little more and became a head coach, he'd be more of a player's person or, or a people person. But obviously that didn't happen because he went to Maryland and all the terrible stuff that has happened at Maryland. And it really just made me think that, I, I, and I've, I've talked about this with some people before, that I think there is really one of the issues, obviously, with concussions and everything else with football right now, but I think there's a huge culture issue in football in that people, coaches can act like that towards players, and it's just supposed to be acceptable. It's just supposed to be, oh, this is football. This is just how it is. You're supposed to be a man. You're supposed to step up. You're not supposed to be a wimp and say anything when you're hurt or say that, you know, don't yell at me or stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's clear that Durkin probably isn't the only guy doing stuff like this, and that, that's what it makes me think about. And I just think there, there's a big culture issue in football. Don't, don't you think that's more the norm for especially coordinators and, and assistant coaches being more of, uh, let's just, for lack of a better word, being bullies to the players? I mean, isn't that typically what you would see out there? The way that, I mean, I, I, I can only relate back to, again, uh, that show on Netflix. What was, what was that called? Last Chance Last you. Chance You, that coach. My God, I have never seen anybody go as ballistic. I'm, I'm talking season one. Yep. I've watched the entire season one. I have never seen anything like that in my life. That might have been a bit extreme, but I would think a lot of football coaches but don't act you like also that. Think that he kind of has to be that way there. I mean, there's there, yeah, last chance you. You know what I mean? No, I agree with that. But I'm saying in football coaching in general, at the level of of high 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 competitive college football, don't you think a lot of the assistants act like bullies? I th- yeah, I think so. But do you think that they, uh, I mean, forcing players to eat chocolates while every, every I mean, no, I don't know all the facts on this case. Well, let me just go ahead and fill the, me in some of the examples. So they forced players, uh, player to eat uh, chocolates while everyone else on the team ran sprints because he they he wouldn't lose weight. Okay. Uh, they okay. also slapped food on a player's hands when they were walking to meetings. Now, who uh, did? Who's wait? Who allegedly did this? The assist- it's just the culture. Like people, that's kind of the thing that's. Got, like I heard uh, Muschamp called it like gut, like a lot of gutless claims. Like uh-huh. it's all anonymous. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. okay. And and then I just I mean obviously there's the one the big one where the player you know died on the field, which right. is just but, an was that because they wouldn't let him have water or something? I mean, what was yeah, the story? Heat stroke. Heat well, he scheduled practice for the hottest part of the day, and okay. then over exhaustion, I guess, and heat stroke. Yeah. Well, he he was complaining about being being hot and not feeling well. And it's basically that, that's like what I'm talking about with with the huge culture issue in, in football. And it, it, and you guys know about this because it's one of those things. Like if you get your bell rung, mm-hmm. and they, that's what coaches say, it's just your bell rung. You know, shake off the cobwebs and go back out there. It's almost like you're looked at as a wimp or something. If you say like, no man, I don't feel right. Like I, I don't feel good. And then you go back out there and you end up getting hurt more. And it's the same that happened with this kid. He was saying he was tired. He was saying he was. You know, didn't Dizzy. feel good, right. and they were basically treating him like he was a wimp, and he was going to lose his spot as on the team, and he ends up passing away. So Ugh. it's a shame, and I I don't think it's right that you know that coaches can come out and say that that these are gutless claims and stuff like that because because play, players shouldn't feel like they can't say anything when they're being treated like that. Yeah, and you know, football's in in enough trouble and losing in popularity as far as participation. I mean, these kind of things, they're, they're going to have to change. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We already have seen what they've done with the concussion protocol, and, and this kind of culture, what we're talking about here, they're going to have to take a relook at that without a doubt. 
I think so. And, I mean, it's interesting because you wonder how far down it goes. I mean, these are college players and, you know, young men, grown men that should be able to stand up for themselves. What about the the kids? What about, you know, fifth, sixth graders or even middle school football who are being possibly treated like this by grown men? You know, these kids who have basically no power when they're at practice, not being able to stand up for themselves or not wanting to say they're wimps because they don't want to say anything in front of their friends or they don't want to lose their spot on the team because their coach might bench them or something like that. You know, it, it's a huge problem to me. Yeah, I agree with you, and especially at the lower youth level there. I've seen some coaches that don't belong, you know, acting like mm-hmm. they think they're big-time Vince Lombardi types, you know? Yeah. So you think – so you, but growing up, you had the type of tough love coaching, right? Oh, we did. I mean, in in our so day, you, you're okay with sale, like letting it go. Like you just want a new wave of. I, they need to change it. I mean, it, 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 when you look at it now, you know, I'm 62 years old, and I look back at how how it was when we played football and some of the strategies by the coaching staff because they didn't know any better they didn't know i mean you know here we are practicing in this kind of weather and they they wouldn't let us get water breaks think about that yeah you know that was the culture junction boys kind of very well, similar I, mean, I, I also get that but also i mean forcing a player to eat chocolates while everyone runs i mean obviously something led to where right. he was not losing weight yeah so you also i mean Part of me is like kind of like okay, tough like tough break on that, right? It's not, and it's not, this is all just coming because you know a player, you know, like I said, the heat exhaustion and everything. I mean, but just when something like that happens, everything gets put under a microscope. Oh, for sure, you know, for sure, it opens the yeah, door. I, I think there's a big difference though between like you said the the tough love coaching, you know, having to be hard on guys like like at a school like Last Chance U, or just in general. There's a difference between that and the bully coaching and obviously pushing kids to the point where where they end up having, you know, passing away or, or having injuries and stuff like that. There is a difference between those two. Well, it's a terrible situation for sure in Maryland, and uh, it has definitely caught the country's eyes without a doubt. Here's something I wanted to throw out on the table, guys. I mean, we were talking about North Carolina last week, the basketball program. Well, all of a sudden I see something this week that the University of Michigan, they had a little bit of a thing going on, or it seems to have kind of been – tabled a little bit but what do you think's going on with shoegate down there in ann arbor well the last thing i saw was jim harwell came came out and he said that he doesn't anticipate any players getting um, in trouble for selling their their stuff that all their jordan brand stuff and and i saw some interviews again it was anonymous players or former players came out and they said that while they were playing at michigan they they never heard of anyone selling stuff while they were current players but they said that they knew of players once they were done playing at michigan selling stuff so so there's nothing wrong with that so i don't know hopefully nothing comes of it and you know you never know with these kids i mean they're 18 19 years old and if someone tells them that they'll give them 500 dollars or a grand for their pair of cleats you know it'd be hard to turn down yeah it's one thing to have that happen but you don't want to be putting it on ebay that's for sure yeah, yeah. well what do you think you know we're getting closer fellas i mean i don't know about you but i'm just getting so excited i know we're going to have our uh, prep pigskin preview program coming on the air next week leading into the first high school game but college football is right around the corner and i'm just so fired up for it i can't wait 100 percent um i am actually going to the michigan notre dame tailgate uh down in south bend couldn't quite get tickets a right. little bit too hefty of a price tag for uh some college students but what range were they in 400 bucks, bucks yeah. is like the least I, that we saw you know the least amount of money that you could pay so it's so definitely i'm looking forward to first off i've never been to a tailgate 
I would have had to go. I would have gone to Summit Grand Valley before then, so it's right. kind of like I still have my up, upcoming tailgate before then. But. A Notre Dame tailgate will be awesome. Yeah. You'll love it. Yeah, I went to uh, South Bend one time. It was it was when Michigan State was playing uh, Notre Dame. I went with some buddies who went to Michigan State because I just wanted to go tailgate and see that experience. And it, it is definitely cool. South Bend is they put on a good show for their tailgating and stuff like that. But Grand Valley does okay. It's it's a dry campus, so it's a little more controlled. Um, they, there's only certain areas that you can tailgate and like tailgate for fun, like the fun way of tailgating. So it is cool. It's a cool experience. You know, the football program is a big deal, but, but uh, nothing, nothing compares to going to a big 10 school, yeah. going to Michigan, going to Michigan state or something like that, or even Notre Dame to tailgate. You going to try to get crazy and, and show up on game day, Jared, uh, on college game day. Yeah. College yeah. game day is going to be there. So. Absolutely. Officially. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> you might see me on the, uh, on the tube, get, get your sign ready. Yeah. Come up with something clever. Three point hey, podcast. Make a big sign. It says hashtag three point podcast. Oh my god! If you did that, use our use our new logo with the three pic, <laughs> the caricature of us. Come I mean, take I it. Know, I know there, I there know. might be some new I people. Feel that I feel kind of goofy carrying that around. A bunch of the people who have been working on game day for a while. So maybe I could try and uh, get you some ins, and you can take a three point podcast sign. That'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> Well, let's work on that. Next up, let's see what's going on again with our pod's crusty athletic supporter, Jack Strap. Matt, Jerry, Eddie, how you boys doing tonight? <laughs> We're doing great, Jack. Sounds like you got a new intro. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, I'm excited. I just got off the golf course with uh, Jake and uh, shot 129. I was a little uh, rejuvenated after the weekend watching uh, Tiger Woods. We know that I'm a big fan of Johnny Manziel and Tiger looking for a comeback, and obviously Johnny Manziel so far has let me down, but not Tiger. Look, guys, I'm not saying Tiger's going to dominate again like he did, but I'll tell you, I'm willing to lay $100 down with any of you big spenders that Tiger will win at least one major championship before he retires for good. Anybody want to take me up on that? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to get in on the bet. Uh, what about you, Jerry? I'm 100% on your side, I agree. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and Ted, Ted lives on the lake, so, you know, $100 might seem like chump money for him. But look, guys, Wood's game suffered because of both his physical and mental struggles with sex addictions. By the way, does anybody really struggle with sex addiction, <laughs> or is it just a struggle facing the partner you cheated on? Anyway, my guess is that his sex addiction probably triggered his initial back issues, and I would imagine... Imagine 18 rounds of golf, along with 18 gin and tonics, along with 18 loose women, all in one weekend would do a number on your back during the summer, not to mention your putter, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but then, after his beautiful wife, which seemed to be very sweet and kind, left him, he decides to eventually team up to fix his mental profile with ski psycho Lindsey Vaughn. I think when he dated her, it was all downhill from there. No pun intended, although it's a pretty good pun, I might say. But I digress. Back to 2018, Tiger electrifies everyone and beats the field, except for young superstar Brooks Kupka. What a stud! Back when Tiger was dominating guys, he competed against pudgy VBJ Singh and beer-guzzling cigarette-smoking John Daly. By comparison, Tiger was built like a brick house, and as you recall, he could just hit it a mile. Kepka is built like a German tank, and he appears to have what Tiger and Michael Jordan has. They had an incredible talent, incredible confidence, and unprecedented laser focus. Well, 
Apparently today, guys, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Fox Sports Radio host Jason Smith was quoted as saying that Tiger's dominance was based on his competition. Did you guys hear this? Uh, fill us in a little bit more. Well, he basically was saying that, that the people that Tiger Woods competed against were lame by today's comparison. Hmm. And I'll tell you my thoughts, guys, and I'll let you guys banter it about. Uh, because you guys know that Jack Strap is on it. I'm telling you right now that comments generated a lot of tweets and controversy with people quickly coming to defensive Tiger. But I've got an interesting viewpoint, even though I'm a Tiger fan. Because of the popularity of Tiger Woods and all the attention he generated on the sport of golf, just like Michael Jordan's impact on the NBA, simply stated, guys, his monumental impact on the sport generated more fans, and that means more youngsters picking up golf clubs and golf lessons. So Tiger, in a sense, can take credit for the deep talent that's out there in the U.S. PGA, and frankly, he created this talent he's now up against. Uh, so those are my thoughts. There's no doubt about it. There's no I'm doubt about it. Ramsey. Uh, I don't really get GQ, and I think Jake must have stole a magazine at a store or something. I don't know, but I guess he was reading about Jalen Ramsey. Did he have a big interview in GQ magazine? He did. A uh, lot of negative comments. <laughs> Say it again there, he had, Gary. He had a lot of negative comments about uh, some posing quarterbacks in the league. What do you think about that as a young stud that's about the same age or similar in age to Jalen? A part of me, I, I don't really understand why he's doing it, but I can respect. Like, he's putting himself out there. I, in an NFL where you can't really recognize players, I think maybe he's just trying to get his name out there. Oh, he got it out there, all right. <laughs> so I can't really fault him for that. Well, I tell you, I mean, the bottom line, I think we all would agree, all he did was just put a giant yep. ton of bricks on his back to defend what he's saying. Because, you know, look, these uh, quarterbacks in the NFL, they're part of a pretty tight fraternity. And even though he went on to compliment several, check out these quotes, guys, <laughs> on quarterback Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills draft pick, Josh Allen, is trash. I don't care what nobody say. He trash. And it's going to show, too. And on Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know yet. Just because they beat us, his hype picked up. They were like, okay, he beat the number one defense. It was all schemes. He didn't beat us. He didn't dice us up. On Ben Roethlisberger, I think he's decent at best. But he's got Antonio Brown. And on Andrew Luck, oh, I don't think he's that good. He had T.Y. Hilton. And on Matt Ryan, he's overrated. So, you know, all he's doing is he's going to make his life a lot more difficult, let's put it that way, by, by making all these uh, trash comments. So that's the only thing I'm going to say. All he did in my book was lose a little bit of respect from those that have class, and uh, certainly it's not going to help him when he's on the field. Agreed? Agreed. I mean, every one of those quarterbacks that took a shot, that he took a shot at, they're going to want to take their shot at him. That's all I got to say. So, guys, that's all I have tonight. I'm going to get back uh, to my uh, gin and tonic and <laughs> see if maybe I can hurt my back this weekend. Good luck with it, Jack. See you later. See you later, Jack. Well, before we get to our final segment, guys, I want to tell our listeners about the Corona Connection. That's a direct mail paper sent to all of Corona, Vernon, and Shiawassee County parts of Lennon. Pick up a copy of the latest edition at many Corona businesses and Kroger. Like them on Facebook and uh, check them out at coronaconnection.com. Well, let's get into uh, a little pop culture. I know you guys were following a story about Michael Jackson's record got beat. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, that's your guy Post Malone, right, Jared? 100%. So, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, on the is it the all-time bulletin board? Uh, billboard. Billboard, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's the R&B and hip-hop category on the Billboard. So Post Malone's uh, Stoney album officially passed uh, for the most straight weeks on it. Is that what the... 77 weeks? The wow. most straight weeks in the top 10. So, yeah. Wow. Michael Jackson's Thriller has held the record since 1982 at 76 weeks. And, yeah, Post Malone, 77 weeks. So it's one album titled Stoney. Yep. And it's been it's been in the Billboard Top Ten, the hip hop and and R and B category for seventy seven straight weeks. Now, do you have any idea who Post Malone is? I do not. What's his top song? Uh he's got White Iverson. That's probably Psycho. Psycho. White Iverson. Congratulations. Go flex. I I fall apart. Well, the, I was looking at the album. It really is a great album. I forgot how good of an album it was. But he's got you know four There's of these. There's a ton of hits on it. I mean, if you. Ted, if you turned on, you've got Sirius XM. Yep. You yep. turned on, uh, if you turned on the Heat, or if you turned on one of the hip hop stations, it, you would definitely hear some Post Malone. Okay, I'll, I'll take your guys' uh, word for it. I'll definitely tune in. And Jared knows I, I have been, I have a tendency to leave yeah. it on one station, so I yeah, can, I'll you'll listen to some get of that. Your, uh, good, uh, <laughs> so you'll definitely get a good amount of Post Malone on. You probably know every song, uh, knowing how you never change the channel. Now, are you guys big fans? I am. Yeah, he's probably my top. Current rappers probably top three. Top three. If you consider him a rapper, he's kind of like just a how come? How come I wouldn't have heard of Post Malone? I mean, I hear of Kanye West. I hear of Jay Z. Why don't I ever hear about him? Picture of a guy, white guy. He's white. Oh, he's white. He's got uh, corn rolls. No way. Yeah. So this is a white rapper. Yes. A white a white rapper with some crazy corn rolls, and literally his whole face is basically tattooed. Oh. He's an interesting-looking guy. I'm not going to say I'm a huge fan. I do like some of his songs, though. Wow. But how about Thriller? I I, I didn't realize how many hit songs this album had. Oh, it's I tremendous. I thought it was just the one, you know, hit song, Thriller. Billy Jean. But it's got Beat It, Billy Jean, uh, PYT, uh, Want to Be Starting Something. It's a lot of songs. But I will say this. I hate that album, and I hate the song Thriller and the music video. What I hate about that music video the ending, like it's got a ba- it's got a, like a sad ending, like where he's still a werewolf. Right. I, any movies that end that way, I hate. <laughs> like if you've seen The Mist, the ending, it's just like a set, it's like a twist ending that's like, and a lot of horror movies end that way. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like a happy ending for right. a little bit, and then it turns bad at the last that, second, right before the. That's how it has to be. I hate that. It has to be. I hate that. Go back for one second. You hated the Thriller video? The first time you saw it, you hated it? Or you always well, it, hated it? It scares you uh, shitless. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to haunt you for a while. <laughs> it was like the first. Or, I mean, I think he was doing a bunch of the like movie-style music videos. But that was one of the first ones that was like 16 minutes long or something, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Play, Playboy Playmate, Ula Ray, was the, was the girl in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a law that uh, whenever you talk about the Thriller music video, you have to state that it was the first thing on MTV. I think that's a bylaw. Yeah. Well, it was it was a humongous hit for sure. And i, I got to give credit to Post Malone for beating MJ there. That's a pretty impressive stat. Which So that, that's the question then is, you know, Michael Jackson obviously is seen as maybe the best musician or the best musical artist of all time, or at least one of. King of Pop. And the Thriller album is seen by a lot as the best album of all time. So does this just right now mean that Post Malone should now be up there in that conversation with Michael Jackson and Prince and the Beatles? No. Well, I wouldn't th- <laughs> I, I, I mean, wouldn't he's only got so two either. albums out, so I don't know if he sustains it. Like, I'm, I mean, Michael Jackson, I'm just kind of 
shooting from the hip here when I say this. He had a prolonged, successful career, right? It wasn't just the one album, kind of. Yeah, and his... Pretty long career, pretty long career. Especially if you factor in the Jackson 5. Will hip-hop continue to be a strong musical deal moving forward, do you think? Do you think it's here to stay? I think so. Yeah. I mean, music's always changing, but... Well, we'll see. I mean, classic rock, you know, that that's kind of died away. You know, it'll always be there, but it won't be like it was back in the 70s, early 80s. Will hip-hop continue on? I, I, we'll see. What do you that's think? That's what's crazy to me is uh, I, I was talking we, we, when I was back home in Michigan a few weeks ago. We were listening to some music when we were hanging out, and it, we were listening to, uh, what, 103.9, the, the Fox? Right. The classic rock station back there. And they were playing music from, like, the early to mid-90s, that like music that I grew up with. So it's crazy to hear, like, this is stuff I was listening to as a kid, and they're calling this classic rock now. What was it? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, that type yeah, of thing? Yeah, like Green Day, yeah, Nirvana, right. some Foo Fighters, and stuff like that, yeah. You know what? Uh, uh, 103.9 The Fox, you know, not to bring up a rival news station. I actually hate that news station. It's not a rival. It's a sister station of the castle. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's a great station. Great <laughs> <Good>. station. <laughs> Might have to edit that out. Nah. <laughs> what were you going to comment great, on? Uh, it just, in weightlifting class, it was all we listened to. And... It played the same songs <laughs> over and over and over. I will say this. A great song that I could listen to on repeat that definitely played all the time on there, Jump, Van Halen. Ah, yeah. Yeah, it's classic. Gotta love that. That's a good song. And that, that was one thing I was going to say, too. You, you guys mentioned how, like, hip-hop is changing and stuff. The, it's tough for me to listen to the like, current rap and hip-hop. It's just so much different than, like, the rap that I grew up on. So that, that's what's been tough for me to, like, really keep up with, like, the current hip-hop uh, scene. But Post Malone, I, I can't admit that I like a couple of his tracks. Matt, did you like the the band Korn? I, I like, same same thing. I liked a few of their songs. I, I never got huge into them, but they had some, they had some really good songs, though. Yeah, because that's kind of your, you know. They're kind of a rockin' band, aren't they? Yeah, they were kind of they kind of came around what late nineties, early two yeah. thousands. Yeah, like mid nineties. They were they were kind of like metal, I right? Guess, if you want to say that, kind of like Metallica. Yeah, I know who I know one of their songs, but I just I was just curious. I, I'm not really a huge fan of them, but I just they for some reason they've been in the news a lot this week. Well, back back to your question on hip hop, I think they'll I think it'll be around for quite a while still. But I think the up the uptrend this kind of goes to the faster horses thing that you went and saw. I, I think country music is really going to make the big move now. Well, country's been probably the most prolonged of all of them. Yeah, because it just doesn't disappear. But country music now has, and I've talked about it on this podcast before, you're getting a lot more uh, like Keith Urban. He's kind of like a classic rocker. I, I love that guy, man. I love some of his songs, you know, because it's heavy, heavy on guitar. Guitar and drums, and then the songs, of course, but... That's the kind of music I like. Yeah, like when you go see country. a live concert, new country. That's what that's I like. That's like a Florida Georgia Line. That's like a lot yeah, of people. like Sam Hunt. A lot of people are like, is he even country? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's when you have like the music snobs that are like they they only stay stay true to like the actual country music, so they won't listen to like Florida Georgia <laughs> Line. I'm always just like, oh, I, I like the music. I enjoy it. Like why why do you care so much that if if they're not like true to the country roots or whatever? I, I just enjoy the music. Absolutely, especially when you like you've talked about it before, Matt. When you're when you're watching it live, that's when that's when it's really entertaining. You know, it's, it's yeah. great great to listen to it on a stereo and all that too. But when you when you're watching a live concert, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I mean, Jared talked about the show that Florida Georgia Line put on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Well, I got another topic I want to bring up. This is kind of football, kind of pop culture. Uh, 
Do you guys ever watch the show Detroiters on uh, Comedy Central? Yep. Did you happen to see the Harbaugh episode, the most recent one? Yeah, I did. Well, it's just, I, it's funny. I watch that show. Yeah. And my family hates it. And it is kind of stupid. Kind, it is at times, stupid at humor. times. But it's Detroit, man. And it, all that's, kinds of stuff. I think we all, like, that's the only reason. If it wasn't Detroit, I honestly don't know how <laughs> to watch it. I, that's just being completely honest. Did you like Harbaugh's appearance, uh, Foling? I did. Who the heck played? I hate how that's even a thing. It's Foley, a Detroit thing. Stupid. That's a Detroit thing now. Is that just like one place? Or is that like it's kind of. No, no, it's a trend down there. And some of the Good bars, great. they got it set up. You know what we're talking about, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played it a few times in, in at a couple spots in Detroit. And your thoughts on it? Oh, I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if there's any in Michigan yet, but there were a couple in Connecticut before I moved, and there's there's a few down here in Charlotte. The uh, the axe-throwing bars, have you guys seen No. Those? I've seen, I have heard of those, but no, I've not seen one. Yeah, so, I mean, it's similar to that. I mean, it, it's just fun. I mean, if you think about bowling and you get to throw a football at the pins, it's pretty cool. Or you can go to a bar and throw an axe at a wall. It, it's a lot of fun. That would, that would be all right. You definitely have to have some bouncers there. I guess I'm just not much of like a, like you know bowling like that whole kind of stuff. I'm just not. It's never really. I never really found it fun. I guess. So you're not a bowler. Is there any any event like that that you do like? What what what? I mean, golfing. I guess just golfing. Kind of be would kind of be the same thing. I guess. Wiffle ball. Like in a bar. Like I would just at our bowling alley, like a bar. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, I know there's a there's a darts. Uh, there's pool. a ch- there's a chain out there called Punch Bowl Social, and then they have those kind of things. They got like little mini bowling lanes set up in there, or and they also have uh, fouling there. Fouling? How do you say it? Fouling. Fouling. Is it fouling? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you guys it's bowling and football combined. I think, I think it's fouling actually. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. But I I don't know. I you go to a bar. I mean, at least when I go. To not that I've ever been to a bar, no. But at right. least you know, if, hypothetically, if I went to a bar, I'm not really there to you know sort of play games. I mm-hmm. guess uh, more there for like to try to find girls or whatever. Or yeah, you've talked about going to the wayside, so of course there's only one thing you go to the wayside for. One mission. Like I just can't really imagine like me and my buddy like yeah let's go full or I think it'd even be worse like a me and like like a date like let's go foaling like, I just think that's the worst thing ever. Yeah, that... I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like an old guy when I say this. I think that is something you'll find out in a few years that'll change. Because I... I remember I was definitely the same thing. I used to go to the bar just for one reason. To, I mean the reasons that we're thinking yeah, about. Yeah, go ahead and bar. say it. But no, Married you man. Grow up, yeah, you want to <laughs> go play shuffleboard at the bar. You want to go play darts. I, in college, I joined, we were in some dart leagues and stuff like that in college. It's a good time. Well, you know, even even our our sponsor, Rivals, periodically they have, the, they set up the cornhole, uh, whatever they call the, what are they called? Boards. The cornhole yeah, boards cornhole. there, and they have tournaments inside the bar. It's awesome because they got a high ceiling there. It's pretty neat when they do that. I'm a big cornhole guy. Uh, that I haven't experienced. I actually would say probably out of all of them, out cornhole would probably be my number one. Well, there you but go. But then again, like that's just I'm not. That's not my demographic. You know what I mean? That would probably suit you guys more. Well, like Matt said, when you get a little older, yeah, I can get I a see, little I see older. Your point. Yeah. Well, no, and when you get a little older and and you do want to actually take a date and you actually want to get to know her you actually want to have a good time have some conversations you don't want to go to those bars where the music is so loud that you have to like scream in each other's ear just to talk to each other you want to go to a bar and do some following do some uh play some shuffleboard maybe something like that yeah and especially if you're out with you know double date or three couples you know that's something you can do instead of being at the meat market (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) Duly noted for now. Hope maybe we might have to revisit that. Believe in, uh, me, I'm not pushing years. you. Out, I'm not pushing you out of that stage yet. Yeah. Believe me. <laughs> but 
Speaking of Detroit, do you guys see the Lions' new uh, concessions prices? Yeah, very a lot cheaper, but I, it's a lot like it's kind of stupid because you know they do the whole power hour first. Let me let me explain my whole. So it's the very when the stadium first opens, right? And let me explain from experience that is really early. So we went to the Final Four one year. Uh, back when it was two out of thirteen at uh, Indianapolis for Lucas Oil, when Gordon Hayward just barely missed the half. Yeah, yeah, I got you guys those and, tickets, and it was downpouring out, so we went as soon as we could get into the stadium. Right, and it was like four hours before. I remember I was so <laughs> bored. And this is for a Final Four game. Imagine the ambiance. Imagine it's for like a t- Lions game. That was a championship game. Championship wasn't it? game. And I remember I was like sitting there, pl- like I got a little pack of baseball cards. I was like playing with them, <laughs> uh, like just waiting, just killing time. So I cannot imagine it's not worth the you know five dollars you're saving to. Show well, what's the theory? I think they want they want to get people off the streets from tailgating and uh, and buy their food there and drinks in the stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that the whole method to uh, their madness? Yeah, that's a good point. I think about the whole tailgating crowd. You know, if they could even draw in at least some of those people. And you, uh, why did they go against you know just why don't they just follow the Falcons pricing exactly? They went up sixteen percent. I mean, why reinvent the wheel here? You mean you you want to see Detroit go up sixteen percent? No. Okay. So let me let me yeah, go back. Maybe that was kind of out of context. So the Falcons they were the originators of the you know very low prices, and that's entirety, okay. entire like their prices overall are low, probably the same as the Power Hour for the for the Lions. Okay. And their in sales went up sixteen percent, like total, like money made sixteen percent. So I guess why are the Lions tinkering with it? If you're going to do it, go all the way. Now I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on that. I'd, I'd love to see not just you know before the game, have the concessions at those prices the entire game. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I definitely think that the, the reason to bring people off the streets, you know, especially because Detroit, not really the best scene for tailgating. Like there's a couple lots that you can do some tailgating, but it's not really the best scene for tailgating. So I, I definitely can, can see the reasoning in that. I thought it was funny, too. I don't know if you guys thought about it this way, that so for the first 60 minutes, the power hour, like you're saying, Jared, you know, it's cheaper. So people might be sitting there kind of stacking up, trying to, trying to pound some beers. But then the prices go back up to normal. And, you know, people might have a buzz on and they might not really care. They're going to start paying full price. And it's just a way maybe for the Lions to make some more money off the drunk people who are now paying full price for their beers. Yeah. And, and the thing about these, I saw is only at a few places, like, where the prices stay low throughout the entire game. Like, well, not quite as low as they are in the power hour. I love how we're like, the power, or no, what's it called? The silver save, is a power hour? I, let's well, go with the that. The overall thing is called, like, silver savings or whatever. But the Bud Light Party Zone and, like, the corner bar and grill, like, there's only, like, a couple spots. Trying to find that place in Ford Field, I just – we've all kind of been there where you look for a certain place. You'll never find it. You're never going to find these places. And if you do get there, it's going to be a pack line. Well, I wanted to jump in here on this, too. Another reason I can tell you right now that they're trying to get people in the stadium earlier, it is a freaking nightmare to get into the stadium at all. If you want to get down there, you know, you, you a normal game, you say, oh, okay, I'll get there an hour before, half hour before, and you're waiting in this ungodly line outside, and you have to go through all the security measures. If they can get them in earlier, that's an incentive to cut down on those lines and, and a lot less stress outside. So I think that has something to do with it as well. Definitely. And, you know, I think it's it's probably also a thing. I think all these reasons are, are definitely valid. I think it's also maybe to get some more people to buy some tickets. I mean, the Lions do pretty well with their ticket sales, but maybe if people see this, 
they'll be more likely to spend a little more money on a ticket if they know that concessions are a little cheaper. Yeah, I will say this. It's it's a good time. I went to the Lions-Packers game, last game of the year last year. I forgot how fun it is. I mean, we had good seats, but it, it was a blast. It really was fun. It's a blast, and it's, it's the same with the music thing we were talking about. I think any sporting event, if you're going live, is just so much cooler. And even if it's a sport that you're not that into, a hockey game, if you're not into hockey or whatever, it's definitely cool to be there live. Let's just hope the Lions can put a product on the field and, and maybe make the playoffs, huh? Yeah, it's crazy to see a lot of these predictions. I, I don't know, maybe we're being homers or something, but a lot of predictions are saying that they're they're around like the six to eight win mark, and oh. I just I don't see that. I think this team has a little more potential than that. I, I'm looking right at this moment, just throwing out a number. I think nine wins and ten is not out of the realm. But you know they are in a tough division. Minnesota is going to be awful tough to beat. Packers are going to be tough to beat with Rodgers if he stays healthy. So Lions are going to have to get some it's breaks. A brand new coach, you never know. Right, I mean, it's just could go either way. They could go four and in ten and uh, twelve, and it wouldn't surprise me. They could go ten and six. It wouldn't surprise me. Right. Yeah, I was going to. We're talking Lions. Some more Detroit news. I just saw across the bottom line uh, on ESPN. Victor Martinez said that he's likely to retire after this year. So. Uh, should that be a surprise? Nope, nope. I think the the Tigers and him probably have had some talk, you know, and that's why they're keeping him around, playing him, letting him go out, you know, as as the veteran borderline Hall of Famer that he is, if you think about it, if you look at his numbers. Yeah. And I think in hindsight now, maybe we were talking about pulling him out of there early. I know I was. But, hey, if he finishes out this season – Hey, that's cool because he—he, you know, he's done after this season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what other team would want to sign him. One final thing I wanted to throw up in the sports world—I know Jack talked about it. This whole Jalen Ramsey thing, <laughs> isn't that amazing? You got to respect the move. So, like Jack <laughs> mentioned, you know, he put a huge target on his back, and I think that we can all agree—you got to kind of respect that. I mean, you put your name out there; people are going to give you your best shot, and he just thinks he's that good. That it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that's a point, and I can respect that, and I understand that if it was like a one-game scenario, like like Jim Harbaugh did. He guaranteed he was going to beat the Buckeyes, right? But that was one game. After that, who cares? But this is before the season even begins, and he's going to be playing a lot of these quarterbacks that he dissed. I don't know. We're going to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's putting the target on his back, like you said, and, and now it's put up our shut-up time because he's been really good. He is one of the best corners in the league, so he has backed his, his talk up up until now, but now he's like he's really put the target on his back. So so if he goes out there and he gets torched in week one or two, eh, he's not going to live that down. Hey, you think Tom Coughlin liked that uh, that comment in GQ? Oh, yeah, I didn't think about if, Eli. If Ramsey goes out there and backs it up, he probably won't care. Yeah, he won't <laughs> care about that if that happens. Uh, look, quick quick comment. Do you think Jacksonville is for real from what they did last year? They were close 100%. to beating the Patriots and making the Super Bowl. They're going to be back again? I mean, I don't know if they'll be – dude, that division is getting a whole lot better. Sean Watson's coming back. Andrew right. Luck's probably coming exactly. back. Exactly. So we'll see. I think they are that good, but just it might just come. It's a lot of luck. Football's a lot of luck. Sure and your division definitely matters a lot. When yep. it's, so yeah, I, I think that defense is for real. But I just, man, I cannot think that Blake Bortles is that good of a quarterback. So that's the biggest thing to me. He'll prove you wrong. We'll you see. Mark my words. Hey. And with and with the NFL, you know, we always talk about how like you don't, you can't really tell other than quarterbacks that are not that noticeable, like who players are. I also think it's just smart of Jalen Ramsey. Get your name out there, drum up some, you know, yeah, personal. That- that Get some people talking about you. That kind of goes to our marketing conversations exactly. we've had, right? Yeah, just market yourself. And whether you agree with the comments or not, he's in the news. 
Yeah, how many people found out who Jalen Ramsey was this week just because of that? Exactly. Without a doubt. I saw some people saying that he's like the modern version of Deion Sanders back when he was prime time when Deion was running his mouth, and now look at who Deion turned into. He's basically like a celebrity seen as one of the best corners of all time. So maybe that's Jalen. Maybe that's his. Uh, that's what he's hoping to do. Yeah, the long con. Yeah, it might be a brilliant move. We'll see. All right, guys, anything else you want to want to add in this pot? I don't think so. No, yep, great show. Uh, prep preview coming next year. You can't wait to yeah, looking get forward high to football. Looking forward to that. We got a lot of contacts throughout the state. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait for Matt to put it together editing-wise because it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I, I think I said it last week. It, it's what I live for. I, I'm actually I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Just again, for people maybe listening to this podcast for the first time, we've made contacts with different media members throughout the state of Michigan, kind of giving us a capsule preview of what's happening in their territories and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I know we've recorded a couple already and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean Michigan it's it's a it's a good state for high school football and I I think uh there's some good traditions and stuff like that. So hopefully Hopefully we get we get some good uh, preview and some good feedback from this show. All right, boys, let's call it a show. Share this pod with all your friends, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcast on your iPhone. And while you're at it, give us a rating, comment on our podcast page, and you can also check us out on SoundCloud or TuneIn, whichever site you listen to. We really appreciate it. You can email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. And I know, Jared, you had somebody who was commenting to you that, you know, they'd like to pick some things they'd like us to talk about, right? Yeah, they'd like, uh, like maybe a listener question every week, possibly, you know, something that, you know, can just engage us with the audience better. Yeah, so. that's a great idea. So if, if, if we got a listener question out there that you want us to maybe kick around here, Again, email us at threepointpod at gmail.com, or you can also shoot us a tweet. You can hit me at Z92.5 Sports Guy. Matt, you're at? I'm at Burn Z381. And I'm at Jared Fattel. And even Jack Strap. He's, he gets comments once in a while. He's at Jack Strap 88 Again, I want to thank our sponsors, the Corona Public Schools, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and Z92.5 The Castle. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Until next time, thanks for listening to Three Point Podcast.